Hello everyone, welcome to the Get Savvy Podcast, where we are going to have conversations with fellow business owners about the best ways of elevating and operating your business. We promise you will get better at managing your business with the lessons and advice shared by our guests. Have fun! All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is... uh... Troy Thompson and Monica Duani with the Get Savvy podcast. And we have a special guest today, Jeff She, who is uh, the founder of Quantum Insurance. He also has Quote Hound. So I'd love to hear more about how that's working. He's involved with crypto. He loves Kirk Cousins. And uh, he's a, the true visionary. He's like, the most interesting man in, my, in insurance, in my opinion. I mean, the guy thinks bigger than anyone that I've ever met when it comes to business and insurance. So welcome, Jeff. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on. The other co-founder, Justin Egger, he's the CEO of Quantum Insurance, and I am the CEO and also co-founder of Quantum. Of Quantum. So, so are you more involved with quantum or quote hound or what are you doing these days? Because you have, you seem to know a lot about everything out there and we just love to hear what Jeff, she is up to. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit. Um, 2011, 2011 got into the insurance industry. Like everybody else, um, like many people started in the captive world um, in the captive world. At the time I applied for state farm progressive nationwide, and all state. Um, never got a call from Nationwide. I applied online. And um, got a call from Progressive. And after one interview over the phone for 10 minutes, they were like, you should go sell um, insurance for an uh, agent for two to five years and then apply after five years. And um, got a call from State Farm and then had three in-person interviews. And the whole time was going great very thorough and long process and um and then the last step was uh, a background check and i didn't pass on their background check because i had a short sale throughout my divorce of a house from 2008. Mm, i was pretty devastated i was pretty devastated and um you know because i want to be a state farm agent i've seen all their commercials and then all they called me and um they're like wait, you have 140000 in savings? I was like, yeah. They're like, are you ready to start today? I'm like, yeah. So, you know, the rest was history from the interview to the beginning process was really fast. And um, started a captive agency in Sterling, Virginia, two, two employees to start out with. And um, after that, I would say it was about year number two to year number three that, I realized that this is pretty hard, right? Even though what we're trying to do is simple, seems simple, but, you know, even though I came from sales, but I was like a lone wolf type of salesperson, you know, I sold cars and I had my own business. So managing people, recruiting people is tough. And um, especially when you have like zero experience in it. And then also trying to understand the marketing, trying to understand the CRM. And at the time in 2011, CRM and leads, the options were just so little on the marketplace. And, 
in action from car business where we had live and die by the CRMs. And what I saw in the insurance world was so behind. So anyways, good thing I had good support, good help. I had two people in my organization um, who both came from the car dealership world with me, um, who were very close to me. They believed in my vision. They took massive pay cuts to come join me. And um, we just started growth from there. You know, it was really rough at the beginning stage. Um, after three years, I think we built up to $4 million in premiums. Um, selling insurance in Virginia, which is like Virginia's super cheap in insurance. You know, 48th lowest homeowner premiums, 44th lowest auto premiums. Wow. And then after three, three years, built up $4 million, we had opened a second agency. And when we opened a second agency, we went about it a little bit differently. Um, instead of having 140, again, to start a second agency, I went out and got a HELOC against my business, which is business equity line of credit. Since I had the $4 million book of business free and clear, and I started that business with $250,000. And my goal was to burn the whole money within the first 12 months. You know, this is the key. If you go borrow money to start a business, you have to have a certain amount of time to burn your money. People are like, oh, you know, I want to go get this money and um, I want to save it and then try to use this money for 10 years. With insurance being a renewable business, your goal is to burn the money in 12 to 18 months. You got to have a business plan to burn that money. And it's all about people and marketing. Marketing is leads, right? People marketing leads, CRM. And before that, to get to those three pillars, you got to have two other pillars. You got to have cash reserve and you got to have cash flow. You have those things planned out, right? And to get to that, you got to have process and training in place. So there's there's my seven pillar. I, I'm a speaker. I have captive agents events, and uh, I spoke at independent agents events, and um, I always talk about the seven pillars. So those are yours, the seven those pillars? Are mine. Those are mine, yeah. Are those on so, the website or anything where anybody can learn about them? Do you have a book? No, this is dropping live for the first time Woo. on Guest Savvy Podcast event. Let's go. All right. So... <laughs> The second agency, you know, we went in there, we built more process in place, we put, put more roles of niche roles in place. You do this, I do that. I only do this and that. you only do that. We get out each other way. And um, second agency, we built about $3 million in total premiums in two years. Um, one of the key thing about building those premium was I met a guy at an Allstate agent event. It was like the national top producing agent event, top 20% guy invited. He was out of Pittsburgh. Him and I chatted on the last day when people just, you know, leaving the hotel, catching breakfast. We sat at the same table by accident. Um, and uh, I went to go visit him. And um, his name's Tom. He's a Steeler fan, unfortunately. But him and I, we got along great because uh, he was all about process and I was about process. Um, but the thing is, even though I was all about process, my process was in my own head. It wasn't written down. When I went to his place, everything was written down. And um, I brought my operation manager with me. Her name is Yolanda. Shout out to Yolanda. And um, we're like, okay, they're doing everything we're doing, but the only difference is they have it all written down. So in case something happened to me, were you? 
it's all there versus us write being in the process, down, right? right? Yeah, mm-hmm. write it down. So simple. Next thing you know, we wrote it down. And um, so if Troy were to start with us as a new employee on day one, 9.01 a.m., Troy is sitting with Monica. Monica is going to teach Troy this and that. Troy is going to sign this procedure, workers' com- workers' manuals, employee manuals, cyber protection manuals, non-solicitation manuals, you know, all the things Troy got signed, all the things Troy got watched. After Troy watched them, who's going to test Troy? What question is Monica going to test Troy on? How many questions? What's it passing? And then who Troy is going to shadow with? the purpose of the shadow, and how do we grade the shadows? Every single step of the way was written down. We built this manual up to three weeks, and then, you know, two years later, we extended the manual to up to two months. Wow. Every single minute is accounted every for? Single minute, every single minute. How every single minute. Every single minute. Who you sit down? Oh, I didn't do it. I have great people who are great at process and place to do it. Okay. I am the guy that can think of things and just like, you know, a lot of time I have like a lot of ideas just going through my head and it's like, it's literally like this, right? It's like shooting gun from the hip. So I always hire people who are my weakness and those weakness can crumble me. That's why I have to have strong people around me, you know, and I value strong people. So after meeting Tom, Mr. Pittsburgh, um, came back and was just like, you know what? Let's build a second agency. So we'll build a second agency. It was pretty successful. We took half the time to build the same amount of premiums. And, and then it wasn't- Why would you do it? Is that like a split test? You wanted to do a different agency and do it a different way? So in the captive world, um, sense of close rate was around 12% of quota. So every 100 people we call home order, we will close 12%, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they had these things called enhanced comp. Enhanced comp is if you're st- willing to start a scratch agency, $0, right? they give you enhanced comp for the first three years. So we leverage the enhanced comp to buy more marketing, to buy more people. Um, for example, farmer right now have enhanced comp that pay them 3X of the new business commission in the first year, 2X, second year, 1X, third year. So if you, all those 9% of homes, 14%, they pay you 36% year one, 56% of homes year one, right? That's crazy. So if a producer wrote, I don't know, 86,000 a month, a million dollars a year, year number one. Technically, that is the same amount of commission as this producer wrote $3 million in year number three. Mm -hmm. Or if a producer wrote 333,000 year one, that's the same thing as this person writing a million dollar year three. So with this enhanced comp, by the way, Yuri have something very similar. If you guys heard of Yuri in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Um, they are in the agency runs like a captive and um and uh, they have a pretty decent enhanced comp model so anyways so which agency is that erie erie insurance oh erie no we're not they're not in minnesota they're not okay no. all right you know they like those non-cast states and minnesota is definitely a non-cast state so non-cat we have hail like crazy man it's gonna make really? me insurance yeah Oh, hey, what's job security? I guess so. <laughs> so, you know, year, I can't remember what year it was. So later on, you know, my, my, my progression came on transferring, tra- transitioning to buying book, you know, a buddy of mine selling book of business. He wanted to move to a different state. 
And uh, I bought his book. It was an $11 million book of business. And um, it was the biggest loan I have ever signed. What's funny is, you know, this is a separate story by itself. I talked to like nine different lenders. At the time, I had $7 million free and clear. And um, the loan was like $4 million-ish. And um, I wanted to put nothing down. Just leverage the cash flow against my $7 million book. And um, I got rejected by so many banks. I couldn't understand it. I still don't understand until today. Banks, said, banks don't understand insurance, do they? Yeah. Most I of them. Know. And then one bank finally said, yeah, we will do it. And then they brought their whole team, flew down from uh, Northbrook and, um, you know, sat in my office, listened to my process, look at all my people to make sure they're all real since I put them on business plan and they see it on my payroll Right? They see on my tax return, they see on my payroll, but they still want me all of them. They spent a whole day in my office and they agreed to this loan of $4.2 million. Anyways, so I grew that book first year to third, no, after two years, grew to $13 million. What and was it at initially? 11? 11, yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, got bored again. So built a fifth agency and the fifth agency was probably one of my most successful ones. We did about five and a half million dollars just in that agency alone in five months. The first five months, you know, that was my goal. My goal was to spend all my money in the first three months, and um, and just get a quick, quicker spin on the money. So, anyways, so that year combined with everything, um, all the agency combined, we did about ten million dollars on new business in the independent in the captive world. And that's about 10 times more than the average independent agent has for their book of business forever. I would say the average independent agent is working out of their house with about a $1 million book of business with no employees. Would you I mean, agree, if you Jeff? At, if you look at SIAA, they, they talk about they have $10 billion in total premiums, but they also talk about they have 9,000 agents. So that's yeah. about 1.1 per agency, right? Nailed it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was on so many different stages speaking nationally and regionally. And I also was on three different national advisor board for Allstate, which was Pioneer Technology, New Agency Success, and Diversity. They had a diversity board too. So I guess, you know, the color fits, right? So, you know, <laughs> one of the problem was so many agents look at this business as how do I achieve six-figure income? Right. But so the average book of business in the capital Allstate world was $2.5 million. And they have about 2.2 staff on average. If you think about $2.5 million at 9% renew, right, that's about 220000 in revenue. And that's before retention loss. And that's before CSR salespeople. If you start minusing all that, plus rent expenses, million different like utilities, right? What's left for the agency owner? The level of stress that we take on this business, the level of liability we take on this business is massive, right? Like you hear people say accountants, you know, mortgage people die young, they suffer stroke because stress level is high. We ain't doing different, right? So the way I look at it is if we're gonna take on all that risk, we should be rewarded a little bit differently than just trying to chase six figures. You're chasing millions. 10x baby like grant cardone um so my last two years we with the enhanced comp you know the last two years in the capital world we did about 4.5 and 4.7 million in revenue 
Mm-hmm. And I also had a recruiting company. I had a talent recruit company. We had at our peak probably over 15 recruiters. And uh, we were recruiting sales staff for agents. I, we were probably recruiting for 80 some agencies at the time in our first year, year one, from State Farm to Farmers to Allstate to Independent. But we had a minimum. So if you want to use our service, minimum is five recruits. Everything's so, big, bigger, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of people that was willing to take on the deals that were, you know, agents want to recruit one or two. But those are the agents that don't pay their staff anything, don't have process written in place, don't have bonus structure in place, don't buy their agent staff leads. It's going to be 10x, 20x more harder to recruit staff for those agents. So I want to recruit agents who want to make six, seven figures. And I, through that process, I built myself a nice little circle. And through that process, I also made a lot of people rich. I can't tell you like all, how many agents that we recruited for was like top in their state, region, territory for performance. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, through the process, we started a consulting gig and, um, and I was like, this is not bad. This is kind of fun. Um, I didn't have uh, national contracts for these consulting insurance gigs just because um, there's just so much process with legal involved, right? That, like you literally give yourself soul to somebody else. Like they have to go through everything you say. And um, a lot of times I say unconventional things, you know, I would just, to me, the best consulting is not just watching pre-recorded videos for 40 hours, right? The best consulting is just sit down with the agency and, and tell them the hard things, whether they're going to like you or not. You know, there's a Are lot. Are you still of doing consulting, Jeff? No, no. I um, I I have probably talked to a lot of people, but you know, I take a lot of pride in my work, and um, there's just a lot of people I have talked to over the years, not for consulting fee, but just help with that never acted on anything I told them, that never executed, and I was like, I was just thinking in my head, like, if you pay fifty thousand dollars for a mastermind class, you will be coming to my house and writing down everything I say. But since I just give you everything for free, you just took it for granted. No value it? No value. There's no value. So anyways, um, we're getting off sidetrack. We met on a trip, on a, on a performance, like top producer trip. And, um, you know, we just kind of hit it off and then we agree on things. And um, we, the first year we we're like, okay, let's prove our theory. So we took the team that we had and we did about $23 million of new business first year. 23? Pretty much. 23, yeah. With pretty much just four carriers. And we did it with like Progressive, Nationwide, Safeco, Travelers, and Stay Auto. And then year two, we're like, okay, let's get a little bit crazier. We started to deconstruct our team and put the best people in place. And we built out a 1099 agent contract that was similar to a franchise model. And what we did was we brought in agents that want to be like us, want to do business like us. We would take care of all their service work. And um, similar to the aggregator cluster model, but in my opinion, we are the insure tech to the aggregator cluster franchise network. So if you look at SIA of the world, I look at them as like phase one. That's phase one of the of. cluster network, right? They haven't really reinvented themselves in 50 years. If you look at the staff, it's the same people in place. 
they 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 take pride in having the same people for twenty years, but but the same thing. Keep in mind, I'm not knocking that, right? I think that's fantastic, right? But same thing, like our world evolves. Look at, right? Look at what everybody have done. Geico, Progressive, USA, continue coming to our world, evolving our world. But how do we not evolve on this? How we have to evolve. And then Gusa came in. I say Gusa was like the 1.0, right? There, you know, you have your base, and then Gusa was like, we're the 1.0 of InsureTech. And then, you know, Brightway, you know, we ensure starting to follow. And I feel like we are the 2.0. We're the re- in reinventing the disruptor to the disruptions. So what makes you guys better than Brightway and Goosehead? You know, I, I wouldn't call it better because, you know, that is just like a quote that I get quoted on some Facebook group later, right? But I would say we're unique. We're special. Special. Um, I remember looking at these contracts. We we're negotiating contracts since we're negotiating contract for Quantum Direct Team and the Quantum Agency, and we were like, "Okay, if we sell this amount and we do this and do that, can we get an override? Override additional enhanced compensation that independent carrier pay, uh, agency cluster network or a group, right?" And they're like, yeah, we'll give you eight points. So eight points is, imagine you get 15 points on new business, you get eight points on top for every new business. And we asked the question, we're like, can we pass it on to our agency's network? They're like, yeah, you could, but why would you want to? Nobody has done this before. That was a changing moment when he said, nobody has done this before. So I'm not sure if you follow these um, companies like, you know, clusters, network franchise, they brag about, we brought on 600 agency this year. But after 40 years doing this, 20 years doing this, 10 years doing this, you should have 30,000, 50,000 agencies, right? Say if I'm bringing on probably 800, 900 agencies a year, but after 20 years, they have 20,000 agents. What they don't talk about is a failure rate. Failure rate, independent, probably 90% that don't make it to year three. I'll say probably was at 86% that don't make it to year four. They don't ever publish it. They brag about how many agents they bring on, but they never talk about the nutrition, like the the failure rate. Why do they fail? It's another reason. Remember there was seven pillar. You can't survive without any other pillar. One of the pillar was cash flow. But you don't have much cash flow when you first start. So imagine if I roll a million dollar and hypothetically, I'm making a hypothetical, okay? Imagine if I roll a million dollar of a traveler this year, right? If I am at Big Apple Cluster Network and Big Apple Cluster Network is on the base commission, and because travel have two different base commissions, 10%, 12%, right? And then they take 10% from their agents. So now you're getting 9%. So that million dollars, you're getting $90,000, right? Mm-hmm. And then you move up to the higher net base commission, you're getting 12%. So they take 1.2%, you're getting 108 right? 
But let's just say if we get five points override and we're getting 17%, and we pass that on 100% to our agents. You pass the overrides on to your agents? Yeah, 100%. Quantum pass on 100%. And is it easier to use 170,000 versus use 90,000? Absolutely. Right. So quantum have a buy-in. Quantum have a $50,000 buy-in to become an agent. People overthink that, right? They're like, oh, you know, why are you guys 50,000? Why are people, other people free? Well, just by writing a million dollar in travelers year number one, that difference in swing in commission payable is 80 grand. Also, quantum charge 20% fees of the new business. So let that sink in for a second. Out of that 170,000 commission you're taking home, you're going to pay out 20% to quantum for them to do your service work. That's about $34,000. Mm-hmm. Right? To service a million dollar book, right? You got to have a CSR. People say, oh, you know, I do the service work. I have salespeople just sell. I do the service work. Well, you're the CEO, aren't you? How much did you pay yourself? You pay yourself 80 grand? You're the most expensive CSR. So yeah. let's break it down. You know, by today's market, you know, there's some agent tell, talking about all there. I pay $12 per hour. I'm like, you should be ashamed of yourself, right? But let's just say hypothetically, you pay someone base salary $40,000 for service work. You've paid the federal government 10%, right? That's 44. If you have a rent of two grand a month and five people in that space, that's $400 per person, $4,800 per year per person. So that $4,800 go on top of your $44,000. Now we have $48,800. With everything else, you know, workers come, E&O, cost of CRM, cost of phones, cost of this, cost of that, usually around sixty-two dollars to $63,000 per person. Well, the next part is even more fun. For every three or four people you hire, usually one survive after one year. So we talk about the variable expenses of employees. So that variable expenses come down on you. And at the end of the day, you pay them a salary, you pay them, you pay indeed a recruiting cost to advertise. You took your time out to train them. My math is usually around 75,000 to 85,000 of variable cost that get added, right? To a fixed expense of a single employee. So that single CSR usually costs an organization seventy-five to $85,000 after one year. Now, if you only pay service fees on the premium that you've written, go back to that $170,000. Mm-hmm. And for a million dollars, you only pay $34,000 in service costs. At a Better fixed down. number, at a fixed number, right? It's the future model. I, I am a hundred percent believer in this future model because we took out more rotations out of an agent's day, their time. You know, I can do a whole hour about podcasts, about time and payrolls, payroll and time of how an agent's time should be used, how a sales producer's time should be used is probably the number one thing that achieves success. Mm-hmm. You know, most agents proud of their staff. My staff did 300 calls. My sales agent did two hour talk time. 
Well, let's go back for a second. If each staff costs you about $75,000 a year, what's that divided by 12 months? What's that divided by 22 days? What is that divided by eight hours? Once you do the math, it's around $37 to $43 per hour. You tell me you have a staff that you pay eight and a half hours of payroll, and you product, they only been on the phone for two hours, and six and a half hours, they were idle. Six and a half hours times $43 per hour. How, how ineffective is that? Right? Now, I have people say, I said, what's your budget of advertising? So we can jump into Quahong for a second. Why me, an agent? You know, our vision is not to sign up 80,000 independent agent or 20,000 state farm agent. Our vision is to sign up one, one out of every 100 agents and to work closely with them to achieve the best success, the best results. You know, Jeff, let's say you brought on, let's say you brought on Pinnacle and I totally redid my model and had you do the servicing. And our agency is about 10 million in premium right now. Um, So what would you, I'd pay you 50 grand, right? Mm -hmm. And what have you seen? First of all, how does the service work? I mean, so it gets even cooler. I'm not sure this is the next part that can go on podcast. I'll talk about it. You guys edit, delete, whatever you want. Sure. It gets a lot cooler when we start putting chopsticks in the bowl. Remember, there's a little theory that you can break one chopstick easy, 10 chopsticks a little bit harder, 20 chopsticks is almost impossible. So there's a thing called leveraging up, level up, right? So that's why these clusters make more money. So these clusters on the agents, they take 10% of the base comp or even 15% of the base comp on new business. You know, in my opinion, every single cluster should be given away for free because they take so much on the front and on the back end. So first they're signable, sign for clusters. And then the second phase is they take your new business commission. So if, you, if you're not paying attention, they might even give you the bottom tier of the base commission versus the top tier of the base commission. And then they take the override. And then it gets even crazier because some of these agencies have 20 million with a carrier or 50 million or 100 million. And not stating carriers, hypothetical. You know, a carrier like Safeco, they don't stop at 15% renew. Based on your total premium with them, it could have 16%, 17%, 18%, 19%. You know, I've been in a couple of back rooms and from what I hear, some of these carriers go up to 25%. Let me ask you this. I'm part of SIAA. Is SIAA getting a nice little override on stuff and still paying us kind of like the 15, the 13% and they're actually getting like 20% with Safeco and Travelers and stuff like that? Hypothetically, the theory makes sense. I don't know. Right, I don't know. I but there is, with almost every carrier, you can move up on the renewals based on your premiums, and also based on your. So a couple cool things too. about these, yeah, loss ratio huge. Thank you, Monica. I was looking for that word. I was like, <laughs> where's that word at? I'm listening um, attentively. Wait for the questions. <laughs> so let's just say your base renewals at fifteen percent, and once you achieve twenty million, it go to 16, 50 million, 17. 18 million, I mean, 100 million, go to 18. Let's say you cap at 18, right? So the next one is um, scalability, scalability with a loss ratio and bonus, bonus based on growth and loss ratio, right? Um, 
that's also negotiable too. You know, what you see is, oh, you know, I earn, I don't know, 0.5% in, in bonus and loss ratio. What a lot of people don't know is you can go to carriers and lock those in. And carrier actually like this. They come to you sometimes to lock those in. And um, let's just say this year we achieved 3.7% in, in bonus. And I can go to carrier and say, hey, you know what? How about you lock me in at 3.5% before you know, this happened in January, right? And they're like, okay. So there's an upside that I don't have to pay you the full 5%. And there's a downside that you could end up getting nothing and I end up paying 3.5%. But let's gamble, you know, insurance company. All these actuaries are what? Just gambling, right? Insurance company are the biggest gambler in the world, right? So- Do you recommend always locking, Jeff, when you have the um, opportunity? It's, I don't know. It depends on what the who, what fa- who's favorite, right? I will say depending on the goal, though, because like for example, you know, for the loss ratio, like you can cap your losses, right? And sometimes you are in you are not in control of the losses. So if you're having a very bad winter and you know that if you're gonna get hit in the first few months of the year, uh, at least for us that are on the uh, snow states. Uh, you can cap your losses at like 200,000 and that caps your loss ratio, which, you know, will eventually provide you with the profit sharing, which that is not, when you are aggregators, that is not passed down to you. That has all kept on the, on the, on the higher, you know, tier. So I think it does make sense though, like what you're saying, Jeff. Right. So let's just say you lock in at three and a half, but now if you are already at 18, percent renew and you lock in at three and a half now you're at 20 21 and a half and now i'm not mentioning any carrier's name here but the theory is doable and and they keep the agent with the low premiums at the bottom tier right because they keep you at the base renewals so and then the next thing so remember this whole cluster franchise alliance networks all need to be completely redone and we talk about the seven pillars right and i, I want just you to post those you, seven pillars i just share with you the cash flow of how the guys from base model to insurtech 1.0 to the insurtech 2.0 mm-hmm. how how different it is through that process and just imagine somebody at these organizations sitting down with the agents and going over these seven pillar with you, how as an insurance agent, you could have be wildly successful if you understand the seven pillars. And, you know, cash reserve, like, you know, I think farmer asked their agents to come to the table with 40,000 minimum to open their agency. And State Farm asked like 50 or 60,000. And I believe also asked 100,000. You know, over here, we asked our agent to bring to table $350,000. I thought it was 50. 350 at quantum okay so 50, 50 is, is the buy-in, buy-in and then you want yeah. 350 for staffing and all the other costs you want to see that mm-hmm. and then we help agents to get the money right like we have banks that facilitate loans for agents um if agents willing to personally guarantee it they can put five percent down so seventeen thousand five hundred to go get three hundred fifty thousand dollars think about oh, that man. what's like, that I said, think about that. That's called leverage, right? Most people in insurance world, they use 100% of their own money. They leverage their money. 
is always a one-to-one ratio. One dollar I save, one dollar I'm using to as spending power. Versus if you do 5% down, go get 350, now you have a one to 20 ratio. Your spending power is 20X of person sitting next to you. So you so like playing if, with debt is what you're telling me. I'm playing with asset under management. Poor person use the word debt. Rich people use the word asset under management. It's the same word. It's the same philosophy, but different mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And imagine if you build a company with a thousand agency. Each agency bringing on 350,000 a year, number one. That's $350 million in buying power. What's Geico total marketing spend? $2 billion a year, right? Two, yeah. So now we are at one-sixth of what entire Geico Corporation buying power is. Now let's do the other math. If each agency hired 10 people, that's 10,000 salespeople full-time. Each one of them can take 10 sales calls a day of live transfers. Now we're at 100,000 sales calls a day. That's quantum distribution power, potentially. And with Kohang, Kohang is a supplier because you can't just have a distribution power. You got to have the supply chain, right? We learned this year the word of supply chain, what that means to our economy, right? How important the word supply chain is. We got to have the supply chain. And my vision for Kohan is we want to be part of one out of every five mobile search. Mobile, let me give you a fancy word for mobile, digital. Digital search, somebody go online, whether through social media, co-email platforms, um, SEO search, SEM search, um, embedded insurance, embedded web search, right? Whatever that is. We want to be able to bid on through Kuohan Exchange. We have our own exchange platform. Through the Kuohan Exchange, one out of every five search of personal line insurance in America. How's that and working right now? Are you getting a lot of leads? Can somebody like at, Pinnacle? We're at the base level. So we have 105 clients right now. And our vision for our average client spend per month is five, five grand. So if you have, you know, three salespeople, that's usually the mark, five grand. And then we want to start bumping that number up, you know, over time as our, as our client grow, we want to grow with them. So imagine this, imagine before you are by yourself here, right? You are, let's say, this is, this is Troy. You talk to three different people up top. So imagine a, a map, right? This one will be your CRM company. This one will be your lead company. And this one will be your carrier. You had to do all the work, right? Like you have to personally talk to every single one. How many hats are you wearing? Right. And then just just this little one link, there's like five different CRM companies out there. Mm -hmm. And then now all of them have dollars. So if you say, oh, I need dollars, I need phone, I need texting, then that's more company you have to talk to. So you just like more and more hat. And you go on like Facebook groups like Insurance Soup, IOA, everybody have their own allegiance, right? Because it's politics. And you don't know which one is the right one. But what if we change this business model, right, to a square? And we put, hold on, we put Kohan in the middle of the square. So Kohan is in the middle of that square. And what's surrounding us is CRM companies, carriers, lead vendors, 
agents. We are the in-between to talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. It all starts and, with leads, right? Well, it starts with the lead, but a lot of that is also start with our experience. I mean, we have really, really awesome people at Kohan. We're we're a small team, but a lot of our people come from enterprise. So for example, president of Kohan, Justin Marks, when I met him, his account that he held under him was like Geico, Progressive, NetGen, and you know, other carriers direct side. I'm like, okay, if you're good enough to talk to them, you're good enough to talk to me, right? Because they don't just put a retail account manager who just got a college on those accounts. And, you know, imagine you just sign up with us and instantly you are in our platform, you are in our exchange and you can bid on a wholesale level like we can to 15 public traded or privately held lead vendors. You now worry about TCPA because everybody that we deal with, we vet them out ourselves. You're not, dealing, you're not worried about the CRM company when they start speaking gibberish to you because they're like, I need this API. You know, you probably understand what API is, but half the agent audit don't understand what API is, right? They don't know, understand backend integration. They don't understand all that. We take that out of your hat, right? What if we speak to carriers? What if we speak with travelers and we say, hey, you guys got Troy, right? Okay, give us your heat map, where your best ultra show where your best culture is, where you want want your appetite, what age group is it? Who do you guys close best against? Because when a consumer fail lead, they fail who they currently insure with, Geico, Progressive, State Farm, yada, 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 yada. And let's just say Troy said, Jeff, I crush against Allstate. I crush against Nationwide. So we can get Troy to bid on every single one of Troy's lead on currently insured with Allstate, currently insured with Nationwide. We can get deeper. Troy said, you know what? I don't want a bunch of old people on my book. Excuse my language. Because I want them for the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I was like, okay. I don't want them to move to Florida. What's the point of me sending out for Florida, a customer, a year later, they move to Florida? Okay. We can filter all Troy's lead by 25 to 45 years. There you go. I love it. And then we can say, you know what? You worry about your retention, right? Okay. So we want to make sure that we are going into the city, the state, the zip code of where people's medium household income are higher, usually higher medium household income leads to paying their bills on time and paying their bill on the longevity. Then we can pick out all those zip codes, those cities, and bid on leads based on medium household income of census data. This is taking data and using it for your purpose. Now, what if we have all those conversations for you already, Troy, and build those out for you? Build out your portal of your bid. Is it, am I going to make you closing everything at 75%? F, no. But if I was just able to make you do your job better, then for you to go directly to your CRM company, directly to your lead companies. Where do I sign up, Jeff? Directly to all the carriers. Let's do this. If I can just increase your growth, your percentage by 1%, right? By 2%. That's our goal. That our goal is, do we see a value in us? Troy, can I make money on servicing you if I bring you extra 1%, 2%? And when you start looking at the math level of all this, right, you get 5% more on every $100 you write on new business. You get 2%, 3%, 5% more on your close rate because we help you buy, be able to buy better leads. All these things are little things that lead to a lot of big things. And then over time, this is how you make a million a year. This is how you make a million a month. You need to write a book, man. Name it a million a month. 
seriously. <laughs> then you can push quote hound and quantum. So whoever listened to this, make sure you guys hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I am more active on LinkedIn and posting on Facebook. You can see my kids and you can see what I eat. But you know, I do post my thoughts on LinkedIn a little bit more. Um, yeah, so make sure. Hey, you before we leave, Jeff, Jeff, I'm part. I'm part of the crypto group. Oh yeah, we also have a crypto group. So let me tell you the thinking behind that. I am a big pro advisor on insurance agents should be making their money. I believe what we do is extremely hard. I believe most insurance agents work 14 to 12 hours a day. I believe that most of them they don't make enough money. They should be making more, right? If you are always making your money on a dollar to dollar ratio, remember we talked about that dollar to 20 ratio versus dollar to dollar, then you need to figure out, hey, if I take this money home, how do I make this money work for me? So one thing a lot of insurance agents they don't think about is exit, right? One is exit and two is retirement. If you look at 401k, if you look at Roth IRA, if you look at like, um, gosh, I'm gonna get a hay mail from saying the next thing. If you look at like annuities, these are investment model that's been around for 50 years. Our world right now, since 1975, August was second, we got off the gold standard. Since we got off, since our inflation, since we just, our Congress just passed another $1.5 trillion bill to a Ukraine. They passed that bill at 1 a.m. Our Congress is doing shady stuff, just passing bills, print our money, deflating our money, right? And, and they're all getting what, rich with their inside with, information. With COVID and Ukraine, we just literally printed $6 trillion with some, somewhere around that line. So these conventional investment models, 401k annuities, they're not built for this ir- irrational money printing world. So I came up with this group called Insurance Agent Crypto, NFT, DeFi, real estate. We have about 808 members, you know, people from captive agent, independent agent, or people who are um, corporate employees of carriers, right? Or even insurance, insure tech tech companies. And, um, you know, we're just sitting here, past ideas, talk about cryptos, talk about real estate, talk about short-term rentals, STRs, and, um, you know, all these things. Don't forget I wish, those NFTs, baby. Yeah, I want us to be able to, like, help each other to scale our mindset, increase our thinking, right? How do we think bigger? How do we end up doing projects with each other? How do we end up build our own real estate syndication or our own venture funds, which is all possible, right? So, you know, and at the end of the day, like once agencies stop treating themselves as an insurance agent, start treating themselves as CEOs, your insurance business will also scale once you start thinking like a CEO. And I believe everybody's capable of thinking like CEO. It just, you just need to meet the right person and make sure your circle of five is on point. Yeah. Love it. I got it. Straight fire, baby. So yeah, you mentioned that, you know, you're um, acting as a servicing agent for all these, um, all these, you know, clients that are coming under you. Where is that talent coming from? And I, I guess I have one question from, you know, the, the Savital perspective, how do you see the BPO industry playing on all of this together? A little bit more. Can you explain that last part? The BPO? Yeah, so, 
Yeah, the so BPO is the industry we're in. Virtual virtual professionals is the the business offshoring basically. So right. how do you see you know um, that playing together uh, in order to grow more and mitigate the cost of the CSR work per se? So you know, two twofold, right? Let's you know. Agents don't enjoy training. Agents hate, hate, hate training. Let's just say that. I Maybe one or 20 people I ever talked to, they say, oh, I love training. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> 19 out of 20 said, no, I don't enjoy training. So um, the CSR part of the independent world is so different on captive world. So I, you might have different audience. Mm-hmm. You know, captive agent might be like, what? It ain't that hard. It is hard. It is so different, complex on the independent world. So, you know, and signature is like so important. Like you don't have signature with the independent carrier, that policy is going out the door, right? And, you know, I really say it is important to have two roles. One sales assistant role, one service assistant role. A lot of people don't like to call their people assistants. I know that um, I listened to your podcast, Monica, with uh, Dustin Dustin and Kat. Yes. And um, you hate, you hate the word VA. You like VP. So virtual We are VPs. We are VPs here. Yay. See that? (laughs) See that? I did did my homework. So um, you need to break those down of roles because at the end of the day, um, your best salespeople, they don't need to be chasing people. They need to just talk to people, right? No. So um, imagine this, um, I'm a, all right, put on my sales hat for a second. Imagine I am the best at what I do. I'm the best at educating customers and putting them in the right policy they want to put in. Then you need to have a VP do all the follow-up for them. You know, chasing the cold lead, say, hey, Troy, you know, I saw that you submitted a lead back in March of 2020, and we never quoted you at our office. I'm sorry we did a poor job of reaching out to you. Are you free today at 3:45 to work with Monica? Mm-hmm. Setting up that appointment, right? right? Appointment setter, right? Or hey, Troy, I saw that Monica quoted you last Thursday, but she didn't finish the quote. Um, what I want to do is get you a Monica, get you a Monica calendar again. She's free at 8:17 tomorrow. Can we get That's you simple, at 8:17 right? or 10:45? Appointments, yeah, I love it. Monica have two open calendar open, 817 and 1045. And, you know, at the end of the day is Monica doesn't need to be chasing. Monica need to be batting. And these are what sales professionals do. The sales assistant professionals, they need to be going out there and putting them in the batting cage and facing the live pitches. And also, like, there's things, there's little things, right? Like cancel the insurance. Um, there's little things like, uh, chasing down the mortgagee, you know, changing the mortgage. Um, I can't, I can't talk this morning. So anyways, so all these things are time, right? If Troy's bring in 250,000 in premiums a month, um, some of our best people are doing 250,000 between commercial and personal lines right now. A month? A month. Yeah. And, and let's just say, forget about the best, right? Let's just say average, average is 35,000. 35,000 a month is 420,000 a year. 420,000 a year is at 12% P 
because you hold by bundle, let's just say 12% revenue, that's still a decent revenue, right? That's $60,000, right? That's $60,000 revenue a year. Now you break down what Troy is worth by 60,000 divided by um, 12 months divided by 20 working days, right? Now it's, that's what Troy worth per day. Then why would you waste Troy's time and letting Troy do all the chasing? You should have a professional, a separate sales assistant, sales professional helping Troy. Yeah, just teeing up opportunities, right? And then you start calculating, okay, Troy just brought on 420,000 in business. That 420,000 business with about a renewal of $60,000. If I had a $20 million book, I can sell my book of business at three times the renewal, right? So that means Troy brought on $180,000 of assets for me. Is that a good now, now, what is Troy worth per month, per day? Absolutely. I love that. Right? You just said, oh, holy cow. A guy that only sells 35000 is worth 180000 to me in a year? Why would I spend all of his time chasing down mortgage costs and cancellations? Yeah. So this true. is the math. Yeah. This is the math. Men lie, women lie. Math do not lie. And everything we have to look at, we have to look at it unemotionally. Sometimes we might not enjoy spending money, but if you break down the math, math tells you to spend money, then you just spend money. And this is on the sales side, right? Service side is no different. Your best CSR help you retain people, period. They talk to the tough customers, whether they had a bad claiming experience or bad billing experience with carriers. Does carrier piss people off? Yes, they do. That's why we have job security because carriers always piss people off. Right. They piss customers off all the time. It's up to us to massage it afterwards, right? <laughs> every day we can have a beer be like why did our care did this right like that could be a line every single day <laughs> so so but if your best service people is worth x amount of dollars to you then they should have sales i'm sorry service professionals to help them that work y amount of dollars because their time is worth, if a service professional is keeping you from losing 10% of your book. Yes. Like, what is that worth, right? So. And their time so, is best spent you know, massaging the customers and keeping them happy, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we can go on for like another hour for this. Uh, and oh, I, yeah, I, don't, I know we don't have an hour. So, but. <laughs> You're the you man, know, Jeff. There, there's so much value. You know, everything is math, everything is time. And um, once people truly understand that, that's when their business starts scaling, right? Right, right. No, I think it's like you have provided so much amazing information. When we go to edit this, I'm going to re-listen to everything. Uh, probably I'm gonna do, to I'm going to do probably a blog or two from it with your permission. Um, yeah. But I think I think it is, it is you, you know, you hit it right on the dot right now you know, as agency owners, you know, or, you know, either on the captive or independent side, the most important thing that you can do is take advantage of time and take advantage of, you know, groups like yours that are actually providing you with all the tools needed so you don't waste your money and your time in unnecessary things. Because there, mostly everything is out there. You just need to find the right fit right? The right fit for you. And, you know, those that it's okay to reinvent the wheel, but with so much going on right now and so many, you know, insured techs emerging and everything that is happening, 
the, the people that do not succeed is because they don't want to succeed because the yeah. tools are there. The tools are there. Yeah. So thank you so much for, you know, providing so much insight. Like I, I didn't know the, the depth of your companies until today. And that's pretty, pretty impressive and pretty, pretty amazing. Um, very, mean, very impressive journey. Love it. Just to end on this note, like if you think about our industry for 50 years, insurance carriers, they go to these swap meet places called conventions, conferences, big eye conference, smart choice conference, right? And or insurance agent of Virginia or professional insurance agent of Virginia. And then big eye break it down even further, right? Big eye break it down to, you know, big eye of young professionals, big eye of Minnesota, big eye of minorities, big eye of women, right? Um, and they provide a service, right? They provide an insurance carrier a service. They're, they can meet future possible agents. Mm-hmm. But we live in the world of data, API, technology, web threes. How does going to a conference and having two or three of your $120,000 paid employees sitting at a spa for 14 hours with a banner behind them, buying a 25 grand booth, paying a $50,000 sponsorship. How does spend $20 million, $30 million a year at these conferences that people had to drive an hour to? How does that work? We've been doing this for 50 years. And then you stand there at this conference for two days, you speak to 20 people and you vet them out and you end up with four, you sign up four and then guess what? Three don't succeed the first three years, you end up with one. So you end up spending $75,000 for one agent. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a different story. Let me tell you a group of guys coming here to disrupt the story. You go in and you say, hey, Jeff, how many insurance agents are buying leads from you between SIA, Brightway, Who's Head, Quantum, Keystone, Firefly? I'm sure I'm missing a ton, right? I said, okay, we have about 80 agents who are resident agents in Minnesota who are buying leads. I said, okay, how many non-resident agents are buying leads into Minnesota? I said, okay, we have about 80 agents as well. We have 160. Okay, Jeff, how many of them are buying more than 10 leads a day? So what I'm trying to get to is I'm trying to figure out who have full-time sales staff, right? Okay, that list down to 140. Okay, how many of them have CRM? Well, we only work with agents who have CRM. That's the thing at Quahong. We actually don't take on customers without CRM. We turn away a lot of people. And then I have three people curse me out this week because I turned them away. True story. It's and okay. It's so okay. they said, okay, these 140 people, what I want you, I want you to give me a list. Hypothetically, I am traveler. I'm making a BS example of, okay, travelers, if you're listening. And hypothetically, I just had the best quarter I've had in a while. I made a lot of money in Minnesota. Guess what? If you just made money there, you want to go back to the well and you want to make more money there. So I'll give you all the zip codes where I had the most success in loss ratios. I give you all the age group of filter where I had the most success on loss ratio. It's all math, right? Oh yeah, loss ratio is age identified. So, and then I say, Jeff, I want Quahom bid across all 15 lead vendors. Take everything, overbid it, pay more. We always come trying to beat up the guy, the lead guy for, hey, I want you to give me this lead for nothing, right? 
my thinking is different. I want to pay more because right. I want to have all your best leads. And then I want to have your best leads in the best area, best zip codes. And then these are the people that's going to be nine year, 10 year, 20 year portfolio books, right? And then Traveler can go one step even further. Traveler said, we're going to make up a co-op expansion program. What does that mean? Which means we will pay $1,500 per sales producer for the people in choice agency if they will quote us first, first look. Choi give them the first look every single time. So we already doing this on a pilot program with a carrier, with a carrier X. Carrier X right now doing Travelers? This. No, I can't say it. It's carrier X. It's carrier X. Guys, stop it. <laughs> and, and carrier X right now doing this with us. They're piloting with the agency right now, a quantum agency. But once the success go next level, it'd be all quantum agency. Once the success go next level, we're going to start going after direct agencies and aggregator like Keystone, Brightway. We're going to work with them. Love and it, we can work with all of them because we are a tie that rise together. Right? And Jeff, what why I want to do. I got a quick question for you, man. Why don't you think bigger? <laughs> I don't know. Most people don't like what I think in my head. So I just keep on smiling. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, hey, like, like, yeah, like Donald I have Trump so says. much in common. If you're going to be thinking, you might as well think big, right? Monica is my spirit animal on the other side. I think so. I think so. I think this, this is yielding to a whole other conversation of mine. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it can get crazy because at this time, a carrier can ship its book overnight. Imagine you can bid on the best premiums. And you can shift overnight. You know, one, one of the agency that we, we took this pilot program with, you know, they were doing like 30000 a month. And now with the carrier co-op money and their sales staff just writing business all day, I mean, they're doing like 120 a month and they're doing 50% or 55% of that premium with Carrier X right now. And it's all 100, 300 home and auto mm. pub. Yeah. It's that good stuff. Love the Colombian baby. stuff. Awesome. Good stuff. That's amazing. Well, thanks, Jeff, for being here. This was just, I think, one of the best conversations we've had so far. Thank uh, you. I love for Kaylin Edgar, Justin Edgar, Justin Marks coming to the show. They all do so many different things. Like, they're really in their own world. Like, I am in my own world. Like, half the time people send me this message, I don't know what's going on. Like, my focus is here. I am, my blinders on, on my own world. Justin Marks do amazing things. He worked with, like, probably 15 insurance carrier right now yeah. um, and working with buying traffic both ways. Um, 2022, we have our mindset. One is we want to build our exchange and grow our exchange. And two, we want to start pushing into the small commercial world. We're already pushing into the commercial trucking world where we're selling our traffic to carriers right now. But, you know, our next aim is going to be small commercial. Um, our life and our Medicare is taking off as well. Um, there's 80% of the people that's currently on Kohan is on the life and Medicare side. So we're, we have plenty of traffic right now on that side. And, um, so what I can see happening in the future, I can see a couple in short tech, we work really, really closely on that side of the world to change how some of the things are done currently. Awesome. Big, baby. Thanks so Pretty much. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff, for being here. We'll definitely do part two coming up soon. 
Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff.